Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast. The podcast born from you telling your friend he should listen to something. And then him saying, sure, yeah, sure, while winking, because you both know it's not going to happen. We created the show to keep each other honest and keep and and almost force each other to listen to show to to different albums. I am your co-host, Brand. I'm here with my my friend, Scott. How hey, are you today? good. How are you? I'm great. Other than the storm that's going on outside, I'm great. I, I wish I could get out there. Maybe it's I'll a, uh, throw it's an a rough one. Up, throw an umbrella up. Is it windy or is it just bad? Is it just? It was. Just, we were under a flood watch. Watch warning. Whatever one is worse that's actually happening. Warning is worse. Warning. Then we were under a flood warning. And it was wild, wild. Historically, my like hometown is known for kind of one thing, and it is a giant flood. So, oh, no. so oh, no. historically, and I and we've I think the I think there's been three, but one of them was crazy huge. Oh geez. Like dams burst and eight feet of water or something, like oh, on the whole city. Man. Whoa! <laughs> I may be exaggerating, but that sounds right to me. So you, we're gonna we're gonna stick with it. You might want to stay inside today. Anybody else? If you want to investigate it, it's called the the Great Johnstown Flood. I don't remember which one was a great one though, because I know there was one in like the late 1800s. I'm like, this isn't a fucking historical cast. That's, <laughs> not, what this, that's not what this. That's not what this. Welcome this is. to the Floodcast. Welcome to the Floodcast. Uh, we're gonna talk about all things. Man, I guarantee you, there's local floodcasts around me. <laughs> Probably guarantee it. They just finished a trail called Path of the Flood Trail that you can like hike the whole way the flood travel. Oh, wow. That's, that's only crazy. took them 150 years. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here to talk about the band I Declare War. Yes. The band's album Malevolence. It is. This was kind of a spur of the moment give to you. I never even mentioned them to you before. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So just when I gave them to you, it was. There was nothing. There was no sign of recognition in your face. There was no, no, no ideas of, oh, I think I know what this could be. The name could give a little bit away. I mean, I had an idea of the feel that I was going <laughs> to get the from the name it. and the album title. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I knew absolutely nothing. But you you kind of had an expectation, though. 
going into either way with the with the name with the band name and the album and the album yeah you had an idea of what you were getting into yeah okay i'm gonna get to the notes and then we'll get to the we'll get to the we'll talk about what's going on in music at the time we'll get to your opinions jump in wherever you feel necessary here scott awesome i declare war is an american deathcore band from seattle washington that seems about right and i think if you remember, the only thing I told you is this record was a sister record to Continent, but it may be Wormwood now, or Wormwood might have came right after it. Either way, I was listening to this record a y- lot. Yeah, you said you uh, back-to-backed yes, a lot. them a lot, yeah. But I think when you listen to this and you hear that title, Deathcore, there's a little bit of an idea where you can be like, oh yeah, I could see why Acacia Strain doesn't want to call themselves Deathcore, because it's very, like, pigeonholed. Yeah, there's... There's a different feel, yes, between the two that may or may not become apparent in my notes. Okay, okay, but yeah, there's definitely a different. Yeah, they're different bands. The band was founded in 2005, and they released their first album, the independent released "What You Deserve" in 2006. Okay, so, so wow, you, that's quick. As you can already tell, there's not a whole lot of information. Yeah, because <laughs> we go from. It's a band to, to they released their first album. record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is really quick. One year. Yes. In one year, they put together a record, put out a record. Damn. Are they and, from different bands? Like the members, are they from different bands? I mean, maybe they, maybe they were part of local bands. I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? They might've been part of a scene and then they got together, yeah. but I was just wondering if they like honed their talent separately in different bands. And then we're like, maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. There, there's not that know. information is not available when I was looking for it. At yeah, least, that's at least as deep as I looked for it. Gotcha. In 2007, so a year after they put out their independently released first album, they released their second album and the first on a record label, Admits the Bloodshed, which they put out on the now defunct Compton Records. Compton Records. Never even heard of it. Never. During that same year, the band developed a close friendship during a tour with fellow at the time deathcore band Whitechapel. Hey, we know those guys. Yeah, so at that time, Scott, they yeah. were a deathcore band. I don't know what you're talking about. Kin is the your favorite peak of deathcore. But I mean, you could even go so far as to say <laughs> that Valley's not even close to being a deathcore record. It's not really. I don't know what to consider it. I love the Valley though. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah, I love that record. It's so good. This friendship, this is still tied. This isn't that wasn't just a fun fact. This is oh, still tied. To it's still tied War. together. The friendship would lead to being contacted by up and coming artery recordings. After Whitechapel guitarist Alex Wade was quote unquote approached by Artery in regards to possible bands to sign. So basically, oh wow, Artery reached out to Alex Wade, who yeah. I guess isn't that called A and R? Like when you turn companies on to I think so redesign. yeah I don't know exactly what ANR is I think that's one part of it at least and then he recommended I declare war artery recordings signed I declare war that's pretty cool that's cool like you that's yeah. how that's how the scene's supposed to work right <laughs> you get, yeah, you get yeah. friends the friends look out for you yeah that's awesome the following year the band would release their third album malevolence okay so this is album three third record gotcha the lineup for this record is Jonathan Huber on vocals. He's an okay. original member. So three gotcha. records in, he's been there hey, for all of them. There you go. Evan Hughes on guitar, also original member. Been there for all of them. That's more than most. However, <laughs> first album, 
for guitarist Chris Fugate, bassist Brett Eden, and drummer Ryan Cox. So just the two original members, everybody else is new. Two original members, all the other, the other three guys, brand new. First album with them. That seems about right. That seems about right. A fun fact, though, that I got to add in here. Edited, engineered, mixed, tracked, and produced by Chris Common. He did all of it. Oh, wow. He just didn't master it. They have a different master. But, was, I mean, he did everything. He was all over it. And I can't find any information on him. That's wild. Because based off this record's production, I would listen to anything Chris Common produced. Right, yeah. So let's move on to albums released in June of 2010. Because this album was released June 8th, 2010. Wow, okay. So June 1st, we have a just a band that I've heard the name of. It might have even been you mentioning them. Oh. Car Seat Headrest. Yeah. This is they put out the album two. Okay. I I have not listened to like full projects from them. Okay. But they piqued my interest in the vein of Bright Eyes but not nearly as whiny. Okay. Maybe. But is it as sad? I maybe not as sad either. Okay. They would be one I I keep forgetting to check out more. Kind of thing. All right. Also out on June first, an album that we've mentioned on that on the the show before, and a, an album I believe we both really enjoy. It is Skeletons by Hawthorne Heights. Oh God, I think that's my favorite of theirs. I think Fragile Future is my favorite, but yeah, Skeletons it, is between, between those two for me. Yeah, because Fragile Future is the one that came out right after Casey died. Casey died, but then Skeletons I think is the one right after that. Where I believe so still kind of dealing with the loss and everything it's it's kind of more depressing i think because i think the by the time they hit skeletons and this is just speculation obviously yeah the, the loss dull it dulled a little bit it still yeah. hurts but it's the, the edges are duller so that it doesn't seem as vibrant when they're talking about it yeah yeah, it, yeah that's a good record starting a weird theme that i'm gonna <laughs> interweave in between this these oh fun here. bands coming out with records that I feel had no business putting records out in 2010. Oh, okay. We have the album Justice by Molly Hatchet. Really? A in 2010, 2010 record. A 2010 Molly Hatchet by record. By Molly Hatchet. And the cover looks just like it would come out in 1975. <laughs> just like the rest of their covers. When I hear Molly Hatchet, that's all I think of. is like think... 70s, those, they almost look like Conan Frank Rosetta records. Yeah, or Frank like, Rosetta covers. Yeah, Conan comics. I kind of want to dive into Molly Hatchet, I think, but I feel like I like based on the cover art, I yeah. think the same thing. But then like, I'm like, uh, I think it's just like Southern rock. I think so, too. And I don't I, I don't ever. I know they have to hits, dive into that. And the hits aren't heavy. So there's no way that like the hits are all their ballads and the rest of their albums are heavy. There's no way that happened. Not not <laughs> likely. Moving on to June 8th. An album I don't remember at all. White Crosses by Against Me. Oh my God, that was my album of the year. I don't remember that record at all. I don't Dude, it was to it. super good. Super good. I For real, I love that record. It was my album of the year that year. That's crazy. It's also crazy you remember that. You yeah. must really have loved that record if you remember I really, that. really did. Yeah, That is 13 years ago. Holy shit. That's 13 <laughs> years ago. Wow. That, that just hurt. Also coming out June 8th, this is where I fell off of them. And I think this is where this could still be called a deathcore album, but the 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 switch was flipping a little bit. Whitechapel okay. put mm -hmm. out a new era of corruption. I didn't get onto Whitechapel until mm -hmm. the valley. 
So but you I, have listened to, but yeah, you brought somatic me. defilement. Yeah, I think so. Their first record, and then their second record, "This Is Exile." I absolutely love. Still, mm-hmm. "New Era of Corruption." I bet you, if I revisited it in my head, I would compare it to their more contemporary stuff, and it would be yeah. much better. And you'd love it. But at the time, there was just that little like, eh, I see a tilt here. I see a gotcha. little tilt happening, and then I kind of, I, I went right back to the old warm cozy feelings of acacia strain being my favorite band <laughs> right coming out june 8th travi mccoy put out lazarus his solo record his so like he only had one solo record right i believe so i know there was a hit off that and i don't think i liked it as much as the gym class hero stuff even though i think it was like really close to we may get into that hit on the hot 100 oh Okay. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. I off the top of my head right now, I don't remember the title or how that song went. I guarantee but, you, when I read it to you, you will be able to recite almost all the words, probably. Oh, great! <laughs> Coming out June eighth. I don't know if you like this one. I loved this record. The Ghost Inside put out Returners. I don't recall it. In my head, the Ghost resi- the Ghost Inside feels like a Scott band. Oh, man. Like, they're one of those that slipped through for me that I liked, but I don't think that if you sat down and listened to it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, clearly this was something he liked. Like, the the name strikes a spark in my brain, but I can't pull anything from it. So I don't know if, like, maybe I listened to a record or I saw a record okay. and didn't pick it up. I don't know, but... um. I'd have to look at their discography and see if there's a different record of theirs that I listened to. There might be. I think they had one that was bigger, but this was the one that did something to me. And I don't know. Maybe I was just in a certain mood when I heard it because we found out how much that affects play. Yeah, it definitely does. Coming out June 11th, foreshadowing here that I didn't know beforehand. Oh, the album Scream by Ozzy Osbourne. Hey, there we go. (laughs) That'll be coming up there. There will be a draft. Uh, yep. Ozzy Osbourne draft coming up. Sure will sneak, be. Sneak preview of that. <laughs> coming out on June 15th, the debut album mm. by the most billboard artist of all time, Drake. Oh. Thank me later. I no, liked a bit of this record. I liked a bit of this record. I did. Yeah. I, I was on board with Drake and then he went many different ways. I'm not anti-Drake anymore, I don't think. There was a time where I was. I respect I him for what he's doing. I don't know that I've ever been. No, I have been anti-Drake. I just don't get like the fact that he was the handicapped basketball player on Canada's version of Saved by the Bell and then went into rapping just didn't work for me. I mean, that is what, 15 years ago now? Yeah, but (laughs) Jimmy's still in that wheelchair. Being on television is not starting from the bottom. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Yeah. Although we remember I did that little I, I found that article that I had to send you that his dad is like a pimp in Memphis or something. Well, his so dad like started half, out from the bottom, but I think he spent half his time with his dad. Like he spent between Memphis and Canada. Also, I don't know. Drake also put out one of the worst, quote unquote, poetry books in the history of the world. Oh, he put out poetry. Isn't he well known for having ghost writers? Yeah, I think he is known for having ghostwriters, but I don't think we need a poetry book from a dude from who what can't I write his own rhymes. From what I understand, the poetry book is basically just like Instagram captions. 
Oh, great. Yeah, everybody <laughs> needs that book. Well, let's get away from the Drake for now. Let's and let's, do that. let's talk about this album that came out also June 15th, which you were listening to. We have mm-hmm. American Slang by the Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, buddy. Man, yeah, they have a record coming out this year. I'm stoked on. But uh, American Slang, I love everything that band puts out. I do. I uh, Except for Brian Fallon, uh, the singer, guitarist, songwriter, did solo stuff and came out with like a record of Christian hymns. Sounds great. I It might even be like Christmas songs. Like he put out a, a Christian Christmas album. Sounds great. That that wasn't for me. But everything else he's done, I'm a fan of. Continuing the weird theme of bands putting out records when I don't think they, it doesn't feel like they should be putting out records. Okay, wrong. Feeling that they, they can put out a record whenever they want. Feels weird that it came out though. We have Bingo by the Steve Miller Band. Really? 2010 record. Steve Miller Band, Scott. I know you were all about it. That's so wild. You're about to go back in time and readjust your your record of the year when you listen to Bingo by the Steve Miller Band in 2010. You know what? I'll put it, I'll download it right now. Coming out June 18th, we have Recovery by Eminem. Uh, No, Recovery was the good one. I liked Recovery. Okay. Yeah, he had a little run of our theme, our titled records. Yeah, there was a relapse. Yeah, relapse. Uh, revival, recovery, recovery is the one I really liked. Like that, I think that's the one I was gonna bring you at some point. Okay, but because we're here and it came out the same month as this, I declare war record. It'll be a while before you get it. Well, I mean, we'll find out once we hit these Billboard charts. That don't remember what it was, but we covered something very close to this. At some oh, point. great! And I think fairly recently, but whatever. It's going to happen. It yeah, happens. It will happen because we both have our pockets. Yep. <laughs> coming next, we coming out, we have also June 18th, we have the third studio album, Can't Be Tamed by Miley Cyrus. Oh. That was when she started to take her little her little lilt towards a certain direction. Like she got a little sexier. Oh, okay. Gotcha. She started to like... Was this Wrecking Ball era? Dance. Oh, no, 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 no. That oh. is... That's bangers. That's three years after this record. Oh, okay. This is, right. can't be tamed. The title track, I believe, was the the big hit off of this. Gotcha. I remember Wrecking Ball when that came out. Man. Yeah, huge, wild. But just know that on Can't Be Tamed, she does cover Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Just so you're clear. Oh, great. Just because <laughs> that's that's what we needed is another cover of Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Yeah, it's definitely what we needed. Yeah. Molly does have a pretty incredible voice, though. So she uh I recently found out that my wife hates her voice. Okay. With a with a passion. But the, does she hate her voice the natural way or does she hate her voice when it's like cuz there's different eras of Miley. I hate okay. how I'm talking about this. Like there's Miley when she did the the wrecking ball and it was the, yeah. her, her vocals were a little more processed. Okay. She has since come out and done like some more straightforward thing. But if she if she listens to the radio, which I think you told me that's how she listens yeah. to Taylor Swift, yeah. it's probably the song Flowers that she dislikes. And then yeah, she would dislike Miley's voice, I guess. Okay. Today. We haven't delved deep into the subject. Yeah. It's just when Miley comes on, Emily instantly says, I hate her voice and changes the stage. <laughs> okay. So, which is interesting because you do that with every other female vocalist. It's wild. 
<laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. I, I've, yeah. I've, I've changed a bit. Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. Next up, also June 18th, The Amity Affliction put out Young Bloods. Yeah. All right. I love that band. So we kind of found out where you're at here. You're listening to Australian hardcore. <laughs> not, I, not at this time. Okay. Well, then not you're listening the, to just I a would, lot of like folk stuff. I was listening to that against me. me. Gaslight that, Anthem. The against me record was a little more punk than okay. folk. It at that time, it, I think White Crosses came out after New Wave, which was also leaning. I mean, whoa, what was the name of the record? Oh, Searching for a Former Clarity is kind of where they switched up. Okay, to a more straightforward punk sound losing the folk a little bit and then yeah i think new wave came after that then white crosses and they were in that lane in that that pocket right there of three records your favorite pocket it it definitely was but yeah amity affliction i had to go back and listen to them to that record Uh, i didn't get into them until it's a couple years after that probably 13 14 okay. maybe weird yeah. though because i would have been listening to amity affliction at this time yeah and then I've, i would have i would have fallen out of them so it's like probably, i dropped, I dropped yeah. out and you jumped right in yeah it's funny yeah <laughs> they lost and won a fan at the same yes, time yes coming out june 22nd this is a band that used to be talked about a lot i haven't seen any mention of this band in a while okay i can like officially remember this is like the band that quote unquote launched the wave of pop punk that kind of pushed me out. Oh, okay. Like, like they were kind of like, all right, you, you go over there. So it's, it's probably after I got pushed out of pop punk. It is the album real talk by man overboard. Oh no. I dig those guys. I know they had the shirt, the defend pop punk and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and every time I saw that, I was stoked up. I was like, I love that. And then I'd listen to them and I'd be like, Oh, this isn't there's so there's two singers and the one singer is like super nasally and whiny. Okay. And boy, is that a little rough sometimes, but, (laughs) but I guess I think the whiny and the nasally is more pop punk to me than some of the vocals I hear off pop punk bands currently. Oh, that might be true, (laughs) but yeah, I can see where they could have pushed you out. Uh, I didn't get, again, this is another situation where I didn't get into them until later on. Okay. I think after they broke up is when I got into them at all. Okay, so they broke They broke up then. That's why I don't as, hear anything as about As far it. as I know, yeah. Okay. I think they put out, I think they put out three records total. I might be incorrect, but yeah, that was it. You were like, man overboard, definitely see ya. More like, man, I'm over this and bored, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> they have, they had four records. Okay. That's a, that's, that four records is a solid career for some bands. Yeah, their last one came out in 2015. All right. So. Also coming out June 22nd, have you ever heard of Versa Emerge? The band Versa Emerge. They put no. out the record Fixed at Zero. Never heard of them. Maybe we'll touch on them at some time. I don't know if it'll ever be an episode I bring you, but there is a conspiracy theory slash story Ooh, that's that fun. Fueled by Ramen signed them. Hmm in order to silence them because they were a competitor to Paramore because they oh, have, wow. they have a female vocalist. They were playing similar music. Really? I like Versa Emerge, but okay. Fueled by Ramen had Paramore and then they signed Versa Emerge, I believe. To and then just them. didn't yeah. do work for them. Yeah. 
just never promoted wow. them, didn't do kind of anything. Whoa, that's I, wild. I like some of those Verse of Emerge records, but they definitely never hit Paramore levels. That's for sure. No, Paramore is still huge. One of they have Paramore has to be considered one of the biggest modern rock bands. Like they have to be. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're touring like crazy. Yeah, they're I was gonna say they're out on tour right now, I think. Also coming out June 25th. More Australians invading us. Hey, love it. We have Deep Blue by Parkway Drive. Oh yeah. It's a great fucking record. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's the last one that I was head first into mm. because I think the next one is Atlas. And it got I don't too, think I got into Atlas. Or no, Ire. Maybe Ire is the next one. Okay. Would and I still like Ire, I guess. But this is the last one I remember going, Whoa, these right. dudes are ahead of the game. Then I felt like the game might have catched up with the game might have caught up with them a little bit. Mm. And they're still they were still putting out great music. They still are putting out good music. Every time I hear a Parkway Drive album, it's like, yeah, this it's is never excellent. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's never bad. And then the final one I have here, just to kind of put a bow on this, because we started this list because we're listening to I Declare War Malevolence. Yeah. A record that I was also listening to and just reading you this name, you'll kind of know what this one's about too. The band name and Hell Followed With and the the album name Pro. Perception, prop perception. I'm not 100 sure. I'll okay. Say, I also could be reading my writing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very heavy death metal band, also. So I was listening to some heavy stuff here. Yeah. Kind of figured. So from there, let's get into the Billboard chart, Scott. Let's do it. Billboard Hot 100. We're gonna start with the Hot 100. Okay. Week of June 12th, 2010. Sure. At number five, "Break Your Heart" by Teo Cruz featuring Ludacris. I don't know Teo Cruz at all. I know Luda. Luda's on it. I would have probably listened to his verse, but I don't know, I, right? I don't know the song at all. That'd have been it. At number four, what could be my definitive doorway into this artist, Your Love Is My Drug by Kesha. Okay. I loved that song. I had listened to Kesha prior, but it never really, I was never like, yeah, Kesha. Was it before or after TikTok? Tick, put it this way. TikTok's still on the Hot 100 at this point. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, like, it is after, but it's not so after that it's not a different was it the same record there's a possibility but i don't think so it's still dollar sign kesha yeah she had well she put two like she put animal and cannibal out close to each other and i always fuck up the track lists of those two records oh gotcha next up at number three we have airplanes b.o.b featuring Haley Haley williams of paramore imagine if it would have been the girl from versa merge right maybe they would have blown up but I I loved that track. I was into B.O.B. at the time. Okay, so you you do know Haley Williams' voice a little bit then. Yeah, I do. Yep. At number two, we have California Girls, Katy Perry featuring Snoop Dogg. Oh, no. I love that song. Nope. I love that era of Katy Perry. I'm a big fan of that era of Katy Perry, that record. I don't like any era of Katy Perry. <laughs> I saw Katy Perry at Warp Tour in the, during the I Kissed a Girl phase. Oh. She she played Warp Tour and I met her just walking around. It was oh, really? crazy. That's kind of like neat. in retrospect, it's crazy. Like back then, it was like, oh yeah, this is Katie. This is that because they that... had that that weird thing at Warp Tour when they would have those certain acts that were like niche MySpace acts. Yeah, like Jeffrey Star performed and your Katy Perry at the time. Who would have thought that the I Kissed a Girl girl that, right would yeah would be this mega star now? Yeah. I think she probably has more respect in music than somebody she shouldn't pink. 
Unfortunately, <laughs> I, and I like I, Katy Perry. I'm not, and I'm not here. Yeah, to put, no, I I'm agree. not here to place women against each other either. That's not at all yeah. what I'm trying to do. The number one track on the Billboard Hot 100 week of June 12, 2010, is OMG. Usher featuring Will I Am. Oh, I, I don't know that one. Never in my life. No, never in my life. And the fact that Will I Am is on it will keep me away. <laughs> Unfair. <laughs> Unfair. <laughs> Two quick ones here. At number six, we have Alejandro by Lady Gaga. That oh. is after the Fame came out. That is her next record. After D- the fame. is that the one that Ale Alejandro? Ale Alejandro. Yeah. I yep. know that one. Yes, yeah, got the one that says the, the the title in it. Yeah, that's the one we're talking yeah. about. All right. <laughs> I remember hearing that one. And then I mentioned we were going to mention, I I, ta- I mentioned that we were going to talk about this track. Yeah. We have the Travi McCoy featuring, and this is probably, this will probably give it away as soon as I say it. Bruno Mars, billionaire. Oh yeah. I want to be a billionaire. That's, so fucking bad. Yeah. That's why I didn't like that solo record because it's, a, it's it kind of a shit song. Terrible song. It's kind of a shit song. Yeah. Is that our introduction to Bruno Mars on the grand scale? Like, was Bruno Mars doing big things before that? Because I feel like that might have been his first big hit that I knew of. He put out, was Hooligans in the title? You're the Bruno Mars guy, not me. Man, I know. I'm I'm really reaching. Oh, I was, I was right. Uh, Doo-Wops and Hooligans was okay. his uh, debut. That sounds like an album that I would have avoided with every fiber of my being. Well, that that was the one. It was huge. It came like the singles off of it were just the way you are. Uh, grenade. Oh, was so this was one? this was Bruno. Oh, if Grenade, yeah, Grenade came out pre this, then yeah. yeah, this was just this was just him helping out his boy Travis McCoy. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Grenade is crazy big. Grenade is not. I covered Grenade. I I Grenade is a song I really liked from Bruno Mars. I think it was overplayed. I bet you if I revisit oh, yeah. it now after not hearing it for so long, it's a great song. I bet it is. It's been a long time since I listened to it, too. Let's move on to the Billboard 200, Scott. Here we Let's go. Let's talk about albums. Yeah. Week of June 12, 2010. At number five, Raymond versus Raymond by Usher. Usher. I wasn't listening to that one because OMG. <laughs> At number four, <laughs> we talked about this track before. Mm. Need You Now. By Lady Antebellum. We sure did. Or as they're known now, I believe Lady A. Lady A. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I I liked that track. At number three, we have My World 2.0 by Justin Bieber. I, I don't know anything about the Biebs. At number two, self-titled Stone Temple Pilots record. Stone Temple Pilots. Mm. Moving on. At number one. Scott, we know you were spinning this. You were a fan. Oh, no. We have Glee the Music Volume 3 Showstoppers. Oh. Uh, see, I was in on Volume 2. Okay. Got they it. lost me on Volume 3. They, they did Showstoppers. You were like, I don't need Showstoppers. Give me the deep cuts. Give me the, give me the show. Give me the deep cuts. <laughs> I got a couple more here. I wrangled up the ones that have the longest time that they spent on these 200. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. At number six, number six, Scott. Number this, six. This album is still at number six. Wow. The Fame by Lady Gaga. Hey, there she is. 83 weeks. Holy cow. Number six. 83 weeks. Over a year and a half. At number 68, Lady A, self-titled record, Lady A. Hey. 111 weeks. Man. At number 91, Legend, The Best Of, Bob Marley and the Wailers. 
Hey. 137 weeks. I love Bob Marley. At number 182. Now, we do this thing where even if we dislike an artist, we have to give them respect for what they do on the charts. Oh, for sure. This is one of those cases where I think it needs to be done and we need to start showing these guys a little more respect, if not for their music, for how many people actually do like this music, I guess. Okay. All the Right Reasons by Nickelback. 161 weeks on the chart. Oh, I mean. That's not even the big one, right? The big one's like Silver Side Up or something. I, I don't know what the big one is. Yeah, I don't even think that's the big one. The only, the biggest track from Nickelback that I recall is uh, Photograph. That Yeah. And I don't know what record that's on because I, I did it pay attention because like 161 weeks scott that's a that's a lot of weeks gotta respect we gotta respect nickelback for that production i for those sales we got it i if nothing else i'm saying that if nothing else they know their market there it is i respect their marketing (laughs) (laughs) at number 144 and i would say this is the most official longest one and okay there i have an asterisk beside that oh self-titled taylor swift album Taylor Ooh, Swift. She's still freaking on it. 188 weeks. At in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. It's still on the charts like right now. So <laughs> I'm sure. And, and then the actual quote unquote longest one we have, it always will come up, I guess, when we see it. At Dark number two, at number 200, Scott. Just snuck in. Yeah, just barely. Dark side of the moon. Yeah. 700. It's so and sick. 64 weeks, which I did that math. Yeah. A little under 15 years. Wow. It was on the charts in 2010. A little years. under 15. It's like 14.6 years or something like that's that. That's so crazy, man. So I guess, that's, it, I guess that's not a little under, but you know. I it's one of those, it's one of those records that everybody owns and people still listen to on a daily basis. Like somebody right now. Somebody in the world is listening to Dark Side of the Moon. Scott, I bet you I haven't listened to Dark Side of the Moon since I was 13 years old. But you did. Since I was 13? No, no, no. I'm saying, but you've listened to it. I listened to it when I was 13, but I was high as hell and didn't really care about music either. I bet you spun it a second time because you were high as hell. But like, I wonder, (laughs) because like now I have these build up in my head about like Pink Floyd and like the fandom of pink floyd and well uh, yeah i mean can i get over that if i get into that record is it good enough to get over that these numbers tell me it is it's i i own it i've spun it i've spun it while watching the wizard of oz no here we go i owned it on cd it's a phenomenal record especially for the time it came out i will say that i'm not a huge pink floyd fan overall in their discography but dark side of the moon it's just a phenomenal piece of work. It's it's you can't argue about it. Is what you're saying. It's it's, it's an you inarguable can't. record. Dog, fifteen years on the charts. Yeah, <laughs> a long time. You can't you can't argue it. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. All right, so Scott, we I gave you some notes on the band. We yeah. talked about what's going on in music, albums that came out, what the charts looked like. Mm-hmm. Time to get into this thing, whether you want to or not. Yeah, I declare war. Malevolence released June eighth. 2010 11 tracks 38 minutes and 50 seconds pretty 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 spelt yeah yeah it's 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 tight also 
even yeah. the, like it's it's very contained. Let's put it that way. Right. So let's get into it, Scott. Sure. With a track that for me rivals some of the opening tracks, like your beasts, like your the beast from from more. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Rivals beast rivals some of the other Acacia Strain openers as tracks that are laying a a, a, a welcome mat outside for me. Okay. That says you are now home. Well, okay. All right. It rivals that. It's right there for me. We have the opening track, the title track, Malevolence. Yeah. Um, okay. That intro to that is surprising to me, honestly. Okay. Why is that? I mean, it's, uh, don't get me wrong, it's a rager, but <laughs> it's an instrumental. Yeah. But it's my, it's the instrumental I want. It's just a fucking breakdown for two minutes. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I get it. <laughs> but comparing it to Beast, I mean, you didn't really compare it. You just said it it worked like Beast. Yeah, I'm not you. I'm not comparing the songs. Yeah. I'm saying it's it does what Beast does, where yeah. it lays out the welcome mat, opens the door, and it's like you're safe here. This yeah. is this is your home. Right. Uh, I can see this back to backing in Acacia Strain record. Yes. Uh, a little more grimy and sludgy, mm-hmm. but the bass here is massive. Yes. It's wild how they got that bass tone uh to be audible um, this, this was during that time where bass drops were used a lot with breakdowns yeah to the point where when i had my band mm, it might have been around this time maybe maybe no probably a couple years after but bass drops were like a thing happening mm. Yeah, where we were trying to figure out a way to do bass drops because it's it's an electronic addition. Like you have to have like a keyboard almost with these bass drops. Gotcha. So we like, I think we had something recorded and we would just play a bass drop through a PA. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but bass drops do something for me that yeah. not a lot of things in music do. They get me so amped up. They almost give me like reverse chills, if that makes sense. Like I feel chills inside of my body. Oh wow, <laughs> that's. That you might want to get that checked out, but th- this track <laughs> is a fucking banger. This is also I have memories of putting mal- th- this opening instrumental on when I was well, I would have I would have been twenty, driving my Saturn around. Oh yeah, and just wanting people to know I listen to heavy shit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that is that all you got from Malevolence? Yeah, just uh, what a crazy instrumental opener. I didn't expect. Okay, and then going from that instrumental opener yeah. into the second track, New Age Holocaust. Here's the thing, Scott. Yeah. I love this record mm-hmm. for the Sonics. I okay. love the way everything sounds. It's so heavy. It's so vile at times, it feels. It's so disgusting. The record feels different when you get into those lyrics. It's almost like the opposite of Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, where um, you'll listen, you can listen to Cannibal Corpse and it sounds gross and disgusting. And then you get into those lyrics and it's and like, it is oh. gross and disgusting. And I felt like this was a cool mirror of that. This is, it, I, I delve deep into that in the notes. Well, because let's be real, even with an acquired ear, these lyrics, I almost impossible, especially the breeing, especially when he's doing the pig squealing, the inhales, you can't understand a word of it. You're you're taking my notes from my notebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll you'll hear a lot of my reaction. To okay, that well, let's talk subject. about New Age Holocaust. Uh, seamless transition from malevolence. Yes, it just starts right out. 
I kind of really don't like the style of vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like screaming unintelligibly into a can <laughs> with a PA covered by an entire blanket fort. Yeah, that's that's what I'm here for. Yeah, even looking at the lyrics, it's really pretty impossible to follow because he's just with the inhales it's impossible when he's doing the out when he's doing the out hells you can kind of get it you can catch on where he's at but then he does those again you're like i don't know where this is at yeah but that's only if you're following along with genius no yeah you're not hearing it yeah by yourself uh the meaning behind the lyrics is pretty great Mm -hmm. but i can't actually make them out at all most of the time the music is hearty and big hardy the music is hardy it is that is perfect it is very hardy i was trying to come up with different adjectives for heavy as shit yeah it is Um, very hardy but it is it's it's hardy and big but the vocals get lost Mm -hmm. just because everything around it is so massive yes and then like i said it's like he's screaming into a can and i can't understand anything he's saying See, I thought that there would be like a cool and, and I never I never was under the assumption that you would love this. Like yeah. I ne- I was never like, oh, this Scott's got to fucking love this record. Right, right. But I thought it would be a cool thing because I know you're not going list- to look at the lyrics the first time you listen to it. No, I didn't. So and I it thought it would so be so hard. It would be awesome that you would have a certain feeling well, of this record. I did, too. Like, so the first time I listened to it, I was I, I was at work mm-hmm. and I threw it on and I wanted to kill everybody around you. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't understand these lyrics. Yeah. And I can hear fucking as a word every once in a while with my ear. <laughs> that one's out there. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so messed up. Yes. When I look I, at the I, I knew that's the thought you were going to you were gonna do. And it took me a couple of days because I wanted to, like, get, get into the record yeah. for the music. Like, I wanted to give myself a chance to enjoy it before mm-hmm. I listened to, before I uh, deep dove into the lyrics and everything, I think it was probably Wednesday. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down at the computer, look at genius and run through this. And then I got into the lyrics and I was like, Oh man. Wow. <laughs> these are actually like, these are good, really good. And like socially aware. Yeah. Uh, You know, wanting to, do good things for the world yes but it'd be really great if i could understand what the fuck he's saying but i thought it would be a cool switch where you would because if if it was the first time you listen to cannibal corpse and that happened and then you went to the lyrics it, it would have just turned you off more yeah so yeah. there is a cool switch i thought that would happen where you read like oh and then like you you were and a little it, more open to it yeah it and let, and let it me did. also let me put this out there Every time I listen to this record, I don't remember that's what these lyrics are. I know. I gave this to you without remembering that. (laughs) I just like the sounds. I like the sounds so much that I I love this record. And then every time I look at the lyrics, I'm like, I forgot they're they're like meaningful. Yeah. I forgot this is stuff that is like real. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's wild. All right. So moving on to track three, then Federal Death Alliance. I said, dude, there's no way the vocalist said the words pharmaceutical companies allowing deadly chemical on our store shelves or half of these other lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't sound like it at all. 
Um, which is a huge bummer because this stuff should be heard. Musically, I dig this a lot, but the loss of the lyrics really bums me out. I mean, parts of this just sound like he's burping into the mic, but the subject matter is actually super concerning. So you're not a fan of the inhale scream I'm hearing, like the I've, breeing, I've the pig never squeal. been. The pig squeal drives me nuts. Hmm. Like even um, Will Ramos. Yeah. Some of his shit I can't get into either. But I mean, it's it's impressive that I'm wondering if I care about it so much. And again, there were other there there were extreme metal bands putting pig squeals into mm. records in the fucking 80s. But yeah, but when that's like one of your main vocal patterns, I wonder if because I was on like the head of that wave, like those bands mm. that were doing it and that's what they were doing, doing right. I was into as they were coming out. And then maybe it did get watered down. Mm. because i love it i love yeah. it i love the sound of it it just sounds dirtier it sounds grosser i hate pigs unless i'm <laughs> yeah. eating them okay <laughs> what I'm, I'm i'm now i'm i'm latched into this what's <laughs> the what's the anti-pig agenda here i don't i'm i'm what what's what birthed it their sounds like i really really can't you, stand it just screams. does it just does it just bothers you it's it's grating. Yeah. The the sound. Like, don't get me wrong, they're cute as hell. Like yeah, yeah, when they're yeah. babies. I'm just thinking there there was a band <laughs> that may have been instrumental in the pig squeal being a definitive vocal okay. styling that I was thinking of bringing you. And now oh. we we may be turning that around for now, I, at least. <laughs> if that if that's their main vocal, I can tell you right now it's gonna be the groaniest groan of all groans. I'm going to say that's probably why you didn't fuck with that cattle decapitation record more. Because yeah. he does a lot of crazy stuff with his voice like that. Yeah. He's I just he's so talented. But when I when I said I hate pigs, I don't really. They're fine yes. animals. <laughs> yes. Their sounds, though, really, they're when they when pigs scream. It drives me nuts. Emily and I watch animal vet shows a lot. <laughs> yes. Anytime there's a pig that comes on, we either mute it or change the channel because we know what's coming. We both hate it. <laughs> and wild. that vocal style being a thing, I can't, I just can't do it. I mean, I maybe that's also why I love it, though, because as somebody who thought of himself as a fucking metal vocalist, yeah. when I learned how to do it and how interesting it was and how difficult it was. yeah. I mean, once you get it down, you get it I, to do it correctly. There's definitely right. improper ways to do it. Oh, where you fuck up your vocals <laughs> yes. forever. Yeah. But no, but I, I love it. And I love the sound. And I love, like you said, the heftiness yeah. of the music that we're getting with that sound. Yeah. It, it, it works perfectly for me. It does. I, I get it. And I do respect the hell out of people that can do crazy things like that with their vocals. But it just rubs me the wrong way. Okay. Like it, it hurts my brain there was a toss-up between this album and mm -hmm. the next album by this band to bring you oh okay this is the last album with original vocalist jonathan huber oh he leaves the band the original guitarist is the only remaining member they put out a record with a new vocalist mm -hmm. and then everybody else leaves the band and that new vocalist is the last guy in the band oh, who, had, who had worked with the the original the guys. original guy yeah that's rough but his vocals are i, I don't think they have the the pig squealing in them 
So I'm okay. wondering now if I should have brought you that other record, but we're not done with this one. Let's continue. Right. Track four, confer- Conformed to Fiction. I can get into these vocals. I can follow along. Music is super heavy. It's not nearly as impactful lyrically as the last couple of tracks, but I can still kind of get behind it. I feel like I traded better vocals for less musically, though. But but it sounds like you'd take that trade. I Well, I guess depending on what you're going for at the time. Yeah, I would take the trade better vocals, less lyrically. Okay. I still want the heavy and intricate music with it, though. Okay. Like, it doesn't have to be so socially aware and world-changing content-wise mm-hmm. if I can understand it. Moving on to track five, Extermination Process. I have a feeling a lot of your a lot of your notes are going to be the same. So They are. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. I said, uh, why can't he just say our country's motto should be rob from the poor to feed to the rich so we can understand it the breakdowns are phenomenal though man i would really get down with this record a lot more if i could just hear the goddamn words that bass at the end though it is amazing yeah all the credit in the world to what was chris common for doing this whole thing yeah yeah yeah, Chris Common really fucking destroyed this production. It, that, man, some of those lows on here. I didn't even know you could reach that. Right, yeah. The vocals, even though it's the style they are, they are kind of buried in the mix. Mm-hmm. I wish they were a little more in the forefront. But I think when they come out of that mix, like when they hit those breakdowns where there's that bass drop, vocal, breakdown, vocal, yeah. bass drop, it makes it that much more impactful because sure. you're hearing the specific points of the vocals right also i'm I'm in my head i'm doing like a weird triangle here because okay. like we have the cannibal corpse where mm-hmm. you kind of prefer not to understand the lyrics because they are vile and disgusting yeah, yeah. but you you like the music in yeah. this you like the music and you want to understand the lyrics but you can't yeah. understand the lyrics right and then Vincent, who enunciates everything very, very specifically, like you mm-hmm. can make out almost everything Vincent's saying, even though they're harsh vocals. Yeah. And you like that music. It's wild. Like, I'm wondering if you would have liked this more if it was gross lyrics, because then you don't want to understand them. It could be. But I would also like it a lot more if Vincent was the one doing the vocals on this. I think Vince, if Vincent did, like, if we just took jonathan huber out of this band for this record and put vincent in i think he would be in his weird bag and he'd be making sounds that you wouldn't hear either you wouldn't understand him either right i'm just saying give these <laughs> lyrics to vincent and make it a intelligible political album <laughs> yes make it a, a life-saving humanist album and and i'm down well moving on to track six destination nope damnation enslavement as a as a joke I said, wow, a second instrumental track on the record. Uh, this is a bold move, only because the lyrics are lost again. Vocally. There's only three lines of lyrics, too. And you I still, know. You still the, can't get them. I still can't get them. They're they're drawn out. Uh, they're in in this dude's pocket where he, he elongates words to and, and has them at such a deep tone that... Mm-hmm. It sounds like an instrument instead of vocals. Yeah, to me. And, and I love it. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's definitely people for it. Yeah. Oh, like, it's, for, it's for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not here to, to shit on it or anybody who enjoys it. It's just what I'm hearing. I did not bring this to you expecting you to feel even close to how I feel about this record. I just right. thought it's an interesting record. And, yeah. and again, I, I wish I went into it thinking about the lyrics being what they are and how yeah. that would be interesting. But I only thought about that after the fact, after I already gave it to you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that might be an interesting point that we could talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And really throughout this whole record, I love the lyrical content. Mm-hmm. You just can't understand it while it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give it to me in a book. Give me a book of poetry. And now... From mm, this dude. I don't know how to set up this hypothetical situation in a way that that is fair for everybody involved. If you... If this was a time where we're not Mm -hmm. listening to the amount of music we're listening to. Okay. And you happened upon this record. Mm -hmm. You listen to it enough, you're gonna get a lot of these lyrics like if you listen to it and study it you remember how you used to do that back in the day you would read the book read the booklet with and also i've listened to this record a lot i don't have that there's like maybe three sections in the whole record that i know the lyrics it's tough even while reading the lyrics Mm -hmm. that i after i had read the lyrics and listened even when i went back knowing the lyrics i couldn't pick them out for mm-hmm. the life of me, except for, you know, a line or two here and there. It's it's tough. It's tough. Okay. And then especially knowing that the lyrics are so meaningful. See, I think for me that helps me because then, like, when you get some of those sounds and you get that, the just the absolute force that the music is behind those sounds. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you feel... Mm, for lack of a better word, tough. Like it makes yeah. you feel tough while you're listening. Right. Then it's not that, and this might again be the con complex mind I have. It's not like when you listen to Cannibal Corpse and you you feel tough, and then you're like, oh, but killing a woman. That's not what I'm here. Yeah, for. no. So then this, I feel tough, and even if I don't know the lyrics, I could be like, but it's okay. This is good stuff, right? <laughs> I think I I'm I'm in that lane with you. Like yeah. I'm I'm totally with you. I just get to the point where I'm like, think of what they could have meant to more people had you been able to make that out. Like if I didn't have to work so hard at finding these lyrics and then putting them where they go in the song, imagine the kind of impact it could have had with someone who hears it for the first time and is like, nah, like this isn't for me. But I think now you're going the change your music I know. And yeah, versus, no, you're, you're right. Like, and I'm trying to think of a good that'd be like if somebody said, Hey, Dead Kennedys, you know, maybe if you weren't playing punk music, more people would care about it. Right. And you're right. I'm I'm being completely unfair. Yeah. And it, I like I get that. I'm not asking the band to change yes. at all. I'm just saying in my head, when I was listening to this, I was like, imagine if it was, yeah, imagine, imagine it was a dead Kennedy's record. At the time, 2010, if Dead Kennedys put this out, or even yeah. I, I don't know somebody else who has imagine Foo Fighters came out with this record this in 2010. Yeah. I I take it more as instead of trying to appeal to that many people because it sounds better. Yeah, putting this record out, the people who are listening to it, you make that scene just a little better. Yeah, yeah, and that that's 
awesome. And that's perfect. Like that's, yeah. and I feel like that's all you need. Like sometimes we need to, uh, I don't know why I'm getting political. Sometimes we need <laughs> to police our own scenes a little better. Yeah. Oh no, that's like, we need true. to keep our own scenes in check and be like, Hey, yeah. that's come on. We don't need to do yeah. that. And yeah, like making this scene better through this record is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I just wonder how many dudes in the scene are like gonna try to find how many dudes in the scene heard this like me absolutely adored it and then never even looked at the lyrics. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That that's what I'm saying, because I'm not trying to generalize people from the scene, but dudes who listen to this music are used to cannibal corpse the acacia strains continent you know that kind of emir where they'll th- yeah they'll this balances to... out the emir i think i think right. the emir is like okay all right, right. all right i just wish it was a little more intelligible so those dudes could hear it and be like oh with, without having to look it up but i guess now also hearing that friendship with Whitechapel and why they were touring together makes sense because this does sound close to oh, somatic yeah. defilement yeah Soma- is that the name of somatic defilement i keep saying it i think that's right I know they also have a song called Somatically Incorrect. Also, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. Next track. Oh, what are we on? Infinite Corruption? We're on path? Predetermined Path. Yeah. Okay. Predetermined Path. Track seven. Uh, I can follow along and hear the lyrics. Okay. It's a plus. Yeah. This feels like it could go on uh, uh, the Acacia Strain record. Okay. I appreciate the little guitar squeals they have going on here and there. Yes. It kind of yes. gives me, uh, gives this track a little new metal flavor. Yeah. There's a little in there. With that. Yeah. With that guitar squealing. I dig it. There is, I think there's also two different thought processes in this record. Like the mm-hmm. side A, side B are kind of different records. Like it's, yeah. it's the same band. It's the same record, but there's a, there's a, like almost a style change somewhere yeah. in there. Give you a, just a little taste, but my top three are all from side B. I think I know what your number one is, but we'll, I'll guess that Ooh. when we get there. Ooh. Okay. Next up track eight, infinite corruption. Oh man, we're getting some rhyming on this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, with lyrics I can hear and understand. This you, is a winner. Oh, do you think that's it? Like if it rhymed more, you would be able to follow along better because I, you would hear the rhymes. I'd still need to hear it not in a pig squeal. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's and true. and so deep and drawn out that those are tough for me too. I can understand in lyrics for the most part, that breakdown in this song you can is say every song, man. Wild. On this one in particular, this I think this album is one of the closest that any actual album has ever gotten to being to all my, breakdowns. my breakdown after breakdown band. Yeah, idea. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, this track has a little bit of headphone games on at the end too. Mm-hmm. That I that I always enjoy. Yeah, you're a headphone. You're a headphone and guitar squeal guy. No pig squeals. Uh, guitar squeals. No pig. Yes, exactly. No <laughs> pig squeals. Give me guitar squeals all day. Moving on to track nine putrefication of the population the intro to this track is such a nice breath of fresh air oh that riff that riff and the clean it's clean yeah i didn't realize i needed it but it was very much needed yes uh this record is so down and gritty that once that clean guitar intro hit for this song i was like oh my gosh it's great uh this isn't bad but man, the lyrics get lost and I get so bummed out again. Moving on to track 10, Alia Iacta Est, I'm going to guess. I don't know yeah. exactly. Now, this is an actual legit instrumental track. Yes, yes, it is. Which is really wild to me 
because I joked about there being a second instrumental track. Third. There's, <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a third instrumental track on this record. Uh, the double kick drum is really going hard on this song. Um, and the guitarist fucking rips on this track. You'll be happy to know that the instrumentals on this album are three of my like favorite tracks off this record. It's crazy. I love the instrumentals so yeah. much. I love this music. Like, I love the the sound. I love everything. I love all I, about it. And that's like, no, I'm I know cons- you're not telling me not to. I am aware yeah. of that. I know you're not telling me I'm wrong. No, but I love the music on this. I just have to put it out how much I love this record. Yeah, no, and I'm- I may have forgotten that before this week. <laughs> I do fucking love this record. That's fun because historically you and i have gone back to records we've listened to and not like them and been like oh i can't bring this to him because it is not good it doesn't hold up yes but when we find those those gems man it's such a good feeling it is yeah. it is i i oof, yeah this is something. moving on to the closer here we go track 11 fractions man i can dig what these guys are feeling i just wish it was executed differently okay I really didn't need the outro to this track. Like I didn't need it to get more muffled and feeling like I'm sinking into the ocean. But lyrically, I love the content of this record. It's just the execution in the vocal stylings that bums me out a bit. All right, I'll take that. I'll take it. I mean, I I kind of I expected what I was going to get. I knew yeah. we weren't going to have another Cannibal Corpse situation. Right. <laughs> But that that also might hinder you a bit, too, because if you want to listen to something that you don't understand the lyrics to, you'll probably listen to Cannibal Corpse. I'll go listen to Kill. Yeah, you don't need to listen to this, but goddamn, does this do it for me? Yeah. So top three, Scott. Top three. Okay, let Uh, me guess your top one. Okay. I I, I thought that your top one would be putrefication of the population. It's not even in my top three. Okay. I thought that beginning riff and how that song intros would get to you and it would be your favorite. Especially because it is a, a, a change up from how all the other tracks start. Yeah. No, I like it. And like I said, my top three are on side B. I really love side B. Okay. Give me compared your compared to side A. Uh three is predetermined path. Okay. I I thought it was fantastic. It was like the first song I could like follow along with the lyrics and hear them correctly. Uh and the the new metal guitar squeals in it mm-hmm. really, really brought it to me. Number two, Alia. A T a T yeah, sure. Uh that instrumental. Woof. I loved it. And my number one is Infinite Corruption. Okay. Yeah. The rhyming, bro. The rhyming does it. We got some rhyming. Rhyming helps me too a lot. It does help. What's your top three? It's hard not to just pick all the instrumentals. Um Putrefication of Population is my number one. Mm-hmm. That song goes off. I, I saw them perform this album live. Okay. They were touring with Whitechapel and Acacia Strain. Oh, man. I think. Woof. Yeah, I declare what a open. show. Whitechapel second. Acacia. No, Whitechapel might have. If New Era Corruption was out, Whitechapel probably closed. Mm. I've seen I've seen Whitechapel and Acacia Strain together twice. And one of the times Acacia Strain opened, one Each of the one. times yeah, yeah. They, they switched off. But yeah, what a wild show that is! I'm that's crazy. Bruised after that show, I'm sure. But putrefication population is my number one. That riff opening, you're right. It is. It's a breath of fresh air. It's yeah. excellent. It is excellent. It really is. Ah, uh, oh, fuck it. Malevolence too. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. It welcomes me in, 
And just to get an actual song in there, I guess. I do love New Age Holocaust also. I do okay. love New Age Holocaust. I like all these tracks, but yeah. those the instrumentals rip. I love this record. Yeah, musically it's fantastic. So Scott. Yeah. I declare war. Yeah. Malevolence. Throne, own, phone, or groan. It's gonna be right in between phone and groan for me. So like right where my ooh, what what was that? So my more my my social D rating was. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um because yeah, if I if I want something that's this heavy and I can understand the lyrics, I'm gonna go with Acacia Strain. Because I, I think we've determined that I've ended up loving that band. Yes. And if I want something that's this heavy and I can understand the lyrics, I just want to jam to it, I'll go to Kill from Cannibal Corpse. That we've already determined that if I find it out in the wild for a good price, I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's not, this record isn't really necessary for me, but... <sighs> but you didn't hate your time with it. No, I didn't hate my time with it. And I... I really, really, really wish I could understand the lyrics better mm-hmm. because content wise, I, I love it. I love where the, the lyricist's head was at. I, I like the political leanings and more socially conscious subject matter. Yeah. Unfortunately, the pig squeals kill it for me. <laughs> yeah. I really got to rethink that other record. I'm sorry. I got time. Yeah. All right. So All the called- time in the world. So it's in between. A groan and a phone. Yeah. I'll take it. This wasn't the only thing you were listening to, though, Scott. What's your record? No. Uh, I'm going to severely date this episode. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. You just don't have to say it's a new release. You can just say it's the No, it's not a new release. Well, then how are you dating this? My favorite singer from my favorite band had a heart attack. Uh, So I went to his other band's only release. The band is called Milestone. I I didn't even know that was a thing. I know. Most people don't. The record's called Here, There, and Nowhere. Um, Milo Ackerman, the singer for Descendants, had this one-off side project called Milestone that the record, the first six tracks he's the vocalist on is live recorded at a radio station. Oh, it's like you're it's like begging me not to listen. I went deep dive. <laughs> I went deep dive into Milo a long time ago. So is all the Descendants without Milo? Yes. Okay. All is Descendants minus Milo with three different singers throughout the course of their history. Okay. Which, spoiler alert, you're going to get that draft coming up soon too. Uh, We'll get into that. But uh, yeah, Milo went and did this Milestone record. Uh, It's a little more straightforward, punky. They do a cover of an all track that I really like. And then the last three songs that seem like they're recorded in an actual studio have like a different singer so kind of weird but i was listening to this all day after i heard that milo had a heart attack so uh everything seems to be okay uh hopefully surgery goes well and he'll get back out there but i think surgery already went well i think he's good okay uh yeah they're he's recovering they had how about about this we can date the show as long as we don't leave cliffhangers Sure. Like, okay. like he had a heart attack. Nothing else. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we have we have a little bit of conclusion on it that he's doing fine. It seems like he's gonna make a full recovery. Yeah. So okay. uh, yeah, we're good. The European tour got canceled for now, but they'll. I'm sure they'll they'll make up those dates because Descendants are just uh, a great band that way. So uh, hope Milo recovers quickly. And uh, yeah, Milestone. Go check it out. 
if you can find it. It's kind of tough, but it's out there on Amazon. I found it. I didn't even know it was a thing. So my record of the week is Milestone. <laughs> <laughs> my record of the week is, and I messaged you about this yesterday, maybe mm-hmm. earlier this week. Okay. Bit of a hot take, I believe. Mm. Uh, the album Wake Up Sunshine by All Time Low. Yeah, you did tell I me. I think is their best record. Like cover to cover, it's great. And I think even their beloved records have mm-hmm. some dips in them. Okay. Whereas I think this, even if it might not reach the peak of a Maria Count Me In or whatever the shit those songs are, <laughs> this one has just such a, a consistent Steady. level of good. Yeah. I think it's excellent. It's their 2020 record, I think. And also, I listened to their newest record that came out this year, last year, mm-hmm. and I didn't really care. Oh. I've never really cared about All Time Love, I'm being honest. But. I don't I think was, I have either. I'm on I, my. I, all Time Low were one of those bands that came around right towards when I was like heading out of pop punk. I say I think they were on that that at that time where I was out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, in my head, All Time Low is always tied with a day to remember, and I'd rather listen to a day to remember. That's how it always worked in my head. Yeah, yeah. But Wake Up Sunshine by All Time Low might be a hot take. I think it might be their best record. So go listen to Wake Up Sunshine. Okay, excellent. Cover to cover. So all that's left now, Scott. Yeah, it's for you to tell me what we're listening to next week. I know you were having trouble, so you didn't know. Uh, you didn't know what's going to happen. Did anything having... come up naturally that led you to where we're going? Sometimes a a new a release of... comes out. Okay, what do we got? Uh, I, it's a band we've talked about getting you into. Oh, for almost the length of this show, this Uh-oh. podcast, I I warned you that I might give you a double album. Oh, is it Smashing Pumpkins? It is Smash Pumpkins. I'm not giving you the double album, though. Okay. We're going with their 30-year-old record this year, Siamese Dream. Okay. Uh, yeah, it turns 30 this year. And I thought... What better since time? I'm, since I'm at a loss for anything else to give you right now, because I'm just not... Like, I even looked through my list that I have for you, and I was just like, I'm just not feeling anything right now. That's how I I'll look through my list. That's how this came about. That's how you got I Declare War. Because yeah. I was looking through my list, and I was like, I don't really feel like any of those. And then just out of nowhere, I was like, I'll oh, fucking get my declare war. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were the one that messaged me saying that Siamese Dream was 30 years old this, this year. Yeah, I did. I was like, okay. Yeah, That's let's it, let's fucking do it. Uh, so we're going to get you into Smashing Pumpkins via so, Siamese Dream. So that means this record. So then I know what year this record came out, 93. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm three years older. I was three when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And yeah, this is that is absolutely a dead spot in my yeah. knowledge. Not just Smashing Pumpkins, but like early nineties. Yeah, I was gonna say that era huge dead spot for me. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the grunge era. Okay. But it's not grungy. Okay. Like it, Smashing Pumpkins, I don't think have ever been considered a grunge band. I've never heard them called grunge. Yeah. So like I said, there there's other bands that put stuff out in 93 that weren't gr- grunge bands. Yeah. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, I would consider one of those bands. Yeah. So they're not Soundgarden. They're not Pearl Jam. They're not Nirvana. They're not Stone Temple Pilots or Alice in Chains. Th- there's that to look forward to. All right. Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. Yeah, buddy. I'll get into that. Let's <laughs> let's hope. Let's let's hope that Scott's warning wasn't necessary. Let's hope that I enjoy this because I try to enjoy everything. I'm I'm hoping you do. Uh, from what I remember, there's a bunch of tracks that I enjoy. Okay. Oh, you didn't revisit this before you gave it to me. 
nope, you told me it was 30 years old and I was struggling with other things to listen to. So we're just pulling the trigger. All right. So Siamese Dreams, Fashion Qualifications next week. Yep. Follow us on Twitter at OALPod. Follow us on Instagram at OALPod. Send us an email at areyoulisting.pod at gmo.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Listen to something you love. Listen to something new. Homework. That's your, that's your homework. Scott, thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you, brother. Listeners, thank you for listening. Always. Are you listening? Are you listening? I hate pigs unless I'm eating them. More like, man, I'm over this and bored, right? I want to be a billionaire so fucking bad. Driving my Saturn around and just wanting people to know I listen to heavy shit, dog. Jimmy's still in that wheelchair.